generally not this time and a season at a time and in this uh, episode we are beginning season six which is 1978 to 1979 1978 the year of greece the year of every which way but loose um the year where star wars continued to make tons of money uh close encounters of the third kind uh oh superman came out at the end of the year um 1978 of course the year of halloween uh and the soon to be all over the place slasher film genre i i don't have a slasher film podcast but a friend of mine and some other very nice people do the hysteria continues i recommend it uh google the hysteria continues you'll find a beautiful beautiful slasher film podcast and lots of other stuff happened in 1978, of course, too. Uh, musically, disco. We're deep, deep, deep in disco. Although we're also kind of in punkish area. Although I think punk goes away fairly quickly. This is like the year of what, like uh, the Clash, give them enough rope, which I always called power punk. And the year of um, Springsteen, Darks in the Edge of Town, and uh, Genesis. And then there were three: Yes, Tormato, Jethro Tull, Heavy Horses. Jeez, um, what ACDC album came out this year? It's a punk. I forget which one. Don't be don't be mad at me. Um, and and uh, this 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 is basically if you go to the songs for this year, it's basically you light up my life and anything Gib related is at the top of your songs. And TV wise, Laverne and Shirley is still at the top this season. And Happy Days will start to get threatened by Three's Company, which has been around for a year and a half, and um, you know has that jiggle TV factor and a brand new show a spinoff from Happy Days Mork and Mindy but Happy Days will still be still be doing quite well uh, the episode we're talking about here is um, it is the third and final of the um, hour long uh, season premieres that end with a cliffhanger there'll be one more hour long season premiere in season nine but that's a stand, that's a full hour there's no cliffhanger but this is westward ho known as parts one and part two i'm not going to explain again what that's about i did that in depth ad nauseum in the past uh two season premieres but this is an hour long september 12th 1978 uh jerry paris directed written by walter kempley and in this one um 
Marion's um, Mrs. C's uncle, Uncle Ben, is about to lose his um, his dude ranch to a um, a neighbor, a uh, evil guy, a sidewinder named H.R. Buchanan, and the the ranch is somewhere in Colorado. So the whole gang, including Al and Potsy and Ralph and Fonz head to Colorado to try to uh, save the day. They arrive, they got five days to save the ranch, and the day they arrive is a Sunday, and a whole new batch of people show up. So they got to do what they can to try to get as much money as they can to save the ranch. Um, there is a, geez, what's the name of, um, geez, I've, I've suddenly forgotten the name of the, um, uh, the ranch hand. Uh, she's a, a Thunder, Thunder McCoy, who's a, who's a lady ranch hand who um, all the guys like, but she takes a bit of a shine for Richie, which the Fonz doesn't quite understand. And uh, but they um, they uh, have a, a barn dance, and and Al makes a lot of baked beans, and he's cooking some sort of side of beef, which seems to be taking days and days and days. And they throw a big rodeo, and Buchanan is there trying to screw it up. And um, the whole episode ends. And I'll give away the cliffhanger with um, uh, Buchanan is one of the guys who likes throwing firecrackers at horses and bulls to drive them wild. And Joni is kind of hanging out with a ranch hand in the back of a, a cart, horse-drawn cart. She's hanging out there after he leaves. A firecracker is thrown. The horses go wild. She's in the back of the cart. She can't get to the reins because the reins have dropped in between the horses. And uh, the, the big cliffhanger is... Um, she is on this out-of-control cart, and the Fonz and Richie on the Fonz's motorcycle are chasing her, and then they actually, and the episode ends with them flying through the air into a ditch to be continued. So that's how we go. So we've got to save Uncle Ben's farm, and we do learn right at the end, even after the rodeo, that they're like $1,000 short, and they only have like 24 hours or 48 hours or something like that. So things don't look great for the Cunninghams. But uh, I've got some analysis of this um, after a little burst of music. And uh, let, let's hear the music. And then let's hear my analysis. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Thunder McCoy. Why did I forget that name? How could I forget that name? Listen to this.
For some reason, I always thought this episode was called Guestward Ho for ages. It ain't. It's called Westward Ho, although Marion does yell out at one point, Guestward Ho! Uh, which makes me think it should be called Guestward Ho rather than Westward Ho. But, um, I don't know. Anyway, when I first watched this episode to prep for the start of Season 6, I had a certain thought about it. And I realized that that thought about it wouldn't be more than a 10-minute or less discussion. So I just watched it again, and what I did was I took lots of notes. And so what I'm going to do is you're going to get two reviews of the episode. You're going to get one review where I sort of trip hammer through my notes, and I uh, some, some, of the things I, some of the notes are things I like, some of them are things I don't, some are things I'm, huh, about or, or interested in or questioning. But, um, and my note at the top says, Guess Word Ho, parts one and two, so forgive me there. But, well, so what I'm going to do is, is we're going to get two reviews. We're going to get my, um, my initial review will go second, and this will be my first review here. I'm going to go first off that I love the fact that it's called the Dude. When you look at the sign, it says Dude, capital A, with a line over the A, Ranch. And to me, that means it's Dude a ranch and if you watch this episode what's the last word you hear in it which isn't really a word you hear a so I, I like the fact that they seem to have made this ranch fonds adjacent um, so let me go through my notes my notes start at the beginning of the episode and go to the end and so I'm watching the uh, the the opening credits as they go, although of course uh, no Scott Bayo in here. Let me just uh, make sure I'm right there. Henry Winkler, Marion Ross, Ed's William, Dottie Moss, Aaron Moran, uh, yeah, El Molinero, and then Tom Bosley. Yep, no Scott Bayo in the credits yet. Of course, he's not in this episode. And now let me dive through the rest of my non-credit related notes, written by Walter Kempley. Thank you, Walter. Directed by Jerry Paris, of course. You you can see um. You know his his preparation at the at the the final sequence of this. You can see him preparing to do like, you know, Police Academy three and Police Academy four. Uh, maybe, which is the one? Oh, Police Academy three is the one, right? With no Police Academy. It's it's funny when you watch the Police Academies. He did three and four, and three has the fun like the water ski thing and the um where the uh that like the country club or the the ocean the beach club whatever the heck it is right on the water thing. Whereas four has the more larger variety of it has the ninja attack, it has I want to say a biker fight, it also has um the the balloon and airplane sequence. So 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 look at um maybe this this action scene at the end of this episode is him starting off and then growing towards like Police Academy three and four, both of which are films I really enjoy. So let's uh, oh no wait. The J on Joni's sweater stands for Joni. Okay, so let me tell <laughs> you, I'm an idiot. Uh, train tickets, Uncle Ben. They have an Uncle Ben. It's Uncle Ben Kelp. So it's um, it's uh, it's Uncle Ben is on Marion's uh, side, and um, Mr. C doesn't seem to, you know, they don't seem to be joking like like say with Grandma Kelp, in the future when they they joke about her. Um, oh, I, I, is it later in this season? Is the Christmas episode where they they um yeah with with uh, the Fonz's father and everything and they have the jokes about Grandma Kelp. Wow, Joni's really grown up. 
by the time we get to that episode. And that's not too far from where we are now. But but the Grandma Kelp uh, jokes will grow is another sort of running joke. And as I said, I'm going through, i got a page and a quarter of notes here. So I've got, um, uh, let's see. Um, oh, so, yeah, so he's going to have to, uh, Uncle Ben's going to have to move out. Like I said, you know, um, and H.R. Uh, Buchanan, his neighbor is a sidewinder. And they're going to Colorado. And uh, we get some, um, we get uh, uh, Richie really giving it his all, bringing some suitcases and things down the steps, and then hauling down a trunk and taking it back up the trunk. And I think we're implied now that we're in late summer of whatever year this is meant to be. I think it's, I think we're 1960, late summer of 1960, uh, because um, Joni's already been to summer camp. Uh, because they mention that later on too but you also see her summer camp trunk which is different from her suitcase that they're taking on the train and the fawn shows up real quick and and they invite him along we learn that everybody's going of course why not everybody's going including al everyone went last year right to hollywood except al he had nothing to cook when he was there let's see and they land and they get they get to um colorado which looks a lot like sort of areas like in Valencia near Magic Mountain where I've done extra work in the past. I've, I've talked about before my um, weeks or month or so on Star Trek Insurrection. We were up, I want to say it was Stevenson Ranch, but I, I think I'm getting that wrong, which is this beautiful place, um, sort of ranch kind of area. But the thing is, of course, you can always tell you're, you're, you're in L.A. because of the mountains and everything behind. Everything looks like if you, if you go over the top of that hill, they're going to be shooting mash on the other side and there's there's for example and there's a moment in here where you see this um richie and thunder mccoy the um the the um the farmhand the wrangler who, who stays on with uncle ben um uh they stop and look at a lake and that that was a lake i very specifically remember from star trek insurrection in fact it may have been one that they built a sort of bridge across i don't think any of us went, ever went across but it was just meant to be a bridge across that lake um Let's see, the A Dude Ranch, a, we meet H.R. Buchanan. Uh, Mr. C wears a pink shirt. I always appreciate when uh, gentlemen wear pink shirts. I think, they're, I think they look cool. I think they look cool. We learn that all the Wranglers are gone, except Thunder. And, of course, Thunder turns out to be a lovely young lady. And we learn that Ben's back went out. We learn later on that his back went out because he tried to ride Diablo the Bull to win $1,000. And um, they keep And they do keep bringing up, like, the... Colorado, the Cattlemen's Association and things like that, who are the ones who su- supplying the prize money. Because as I was watching, I kept thinking, if the Dude A Ranch or the Dude Bar A Ranch or the whatever heck ranch it is, is throwing the rodeo that we see later on, aren't they putting up the money? No, it's it's the the associations and things like that. And of course, when you think Cattlemen's Associations and things like that, it's, it's, it's the uh, fall of 78, I think the same thing, as I mentioned uh, uh, prior when I was talking about shows that were kicking in here. Uh, Dallas. I think of Dallas and like the, the rodeos and barbecues and things uh, that, that, that Dallas did. I have, a, I have a note here that says Barth, question mark, Al, question mark, because they bring in Al to do the cooking, but no one will verify whether or not Al is actually a good cook. But does Al actually do the cooking? Doesn't he actually have a cook? Because he's always out there, like a lot of the times, serving the f- serving the food and things like that. Doesn't he have an actual cook who does the cooking for him? 
I put and Barth is, of course, Barth from You Can't Do That on Television, um, who who definitely did cook his own food, and over the course of the nine or ten seasons of um, You Can't Do That on Television, cooked some horrible things. Um, but Al, yeah, there's. We're, we're gonna, I think there'll be more notes on this. But the Al, the Al thing confuses me for this episode. I'll, I will come back to it. I think yes, near the end, I'll come back to it again. But the Al thing is confusing me because Al is brought there specifically to cook, and guests are arriving. I think the the later that day or the next. I'm a, I'm a little. Wait a minute. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday. So I guess if the guests are arriving on Sunday. And the the ranch goes to Buchanan on Friday, and he says five days. My thought is that's Monday, but they've just arrived, and they said it was Sunday. So he must mean not counting Sunday, five days. And when we when the the guests arrive, I, I guess that's Sunday, because there's a scene where Joni and Richie talk about how, well, it's the second day, and we're doing all right, and Richie names all these things that went wrong, and they're like, wah, wah. So I guess that's Monday. So the that that does strike me weird. Doesn't it strike you as weird? I mean, they would they would come up on the Sunday, and then within three or four hours, a whole bunch of people would go up, come up expecting like a week long dude ranch adventure, and now everyone there except for Thunder is is a dude technically because Uncle Ben we never see Uncle Ben in the episode and I know what you're thinking is does he appear at the end of the episode and so it's Uncle Ben off the rice no no we don't we don't see him I, I in fact I don't even remember in the next episode whether we see him or not we just we just hear from him uh, anyway so um oh my question here uh where's Laurie Beth Richie spends the episode kind of flirting and hanging out with Thunder nothing nothing happens of it of, of, in a smoochy nature but they do hang out and that's one of the plot lines is that the Fonz all the ladies love the Fonz even 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 the Native American ladies in the hills even cows love the Fonz but um, but for some reason Thunder is immune to his is his powers and, and, and Fonz actually gets mad at that which is weird because the Fonz has never gotten mad at um maybe it's a vacation thing, but the Fonz has never gotten mad at, at Richie going after a gal before. That that just seems strange. If you know, if you if if there are thirteen gals there, not counting Joni, and you have twelve of them uh with you and you can't get one but she's with your best friend, wh- why are you being like that, Fonz? I don't know. Maybe he's too warm, he should put on his white T shirt instead of his black T shirt. I don't know. But I do have the question, where is Lori Beth? they're still together and then i have written here savage water when all the people arrive at the dude ranch the guests i all i could think of was the um 78 79 um slash proto uh, slasher ish proto slasher boarding on slasher savage water which you should see because it's fun what else do i have here guessword ho that's um marion says that uh, where is Howard's study? Okay, that's interesting because they mentioned that Uncle Ben, if he loses the ranch, will have to move in with them. And Marion says, well, um, they can have your study, Howard. And Howard's like, no, we got to save the ranch. And I thought, where is Howard's study? It is it on... I mean, that's one of, that's one of the weird things, of course, always about the, 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 the set there is... The way the kitchen and everything is sort of set up, it's it's 
And the way we saw the kitchen previously is the kitchen and the living room was meant to be the end of the house, one end of the house. Let's say, let's say if the front of the house is north, that's the east end of the house. And the west end of the house is kind of where we see the wall, although the, the stairs go up beyond it in Ed Wood, Bride of the Monster fashion. Um, but where would Howard's study be? I mean, you would think a study's generally on the first floor. So where would it be? Is there Are there meant to be more rooms beyond the eastern point of the living room and kitchen area than we see? I mean, maybe that could be. I mean, we have seen extra space there, like beyond that, that one reclining chair that's always in the left-hand corner, right close to the cameras. Maybe that's where his study is? I don't know. But you would think... But but if, if if that is where his study is, why does no one ever go beyond that space? They don't go beyond that space. I mean, obviously, the, the set ends, which is why. But wouldn't um, would, wouldn't there be references sometimes? Is it, maybe his study is on the top floor. I don't know. We don't go upstairs much. Now, since the first two seasons, we don't go upstairs a lot in the show we basically stick to that living room because that's that's a huge living room kitchen it's a huge set and um it's interesting i do wonder if they shot the opening scene in the living room sort of separate from the rest of the episode and they they, they shot that scene and they took that set down well they wouldn't take that set down though i think that would be a standing set like a tardis kind of thing Hmm. Okay. Well, well, there you have it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not completely sure where Howard's study might be. I mean, it really, I would think you put a study on the first floor. Maybe it's in the basement. Maybe it's in the basement. I don't know. I had, I had, I had one friend, my my friend Matt. His his dad's uh, study, as it were, was in the basement. They had a really nice basement. It was, it was like a regular f- floor of the house, and they had. Well, we had that too. In uh, my first house, I lived in that I remember living in in Barry Road. We had a very nice basement that had a huge, almost like living room area with a train set and a TV and, and an area where we could play games and, and also all sorts of things. And so, so that could be at his study, could be in the basement. I don't know. I'm, I'm dying to know. Maybe, maybe I'll put that up on, on Twitter and I'll ask Happy Days fans, where is Howard's study? Watch and guess what? Where is Howard's study? Isn't it funny? I don't think anyone's going <clears> to... <throat> at the end of these 11 seasons, I would love someone to take all the time I spent discussing the layout of the house from season three on and and make those into some sort of compilation episode because I feel I've spent probably a good quarter of a day of my life or more going on about this. So where's Lori Beth Savage? Baggage. Oh, oh, that's funny because there's a funny scene where they're unloading all the luggage from the um, uh, the, uh, the 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 truck, the, the the very long station wagon type truck with all the guests and Potsy throws a suitcase on Ralph's head and knocks him over. And the thing is, when you have baggage or luggage and there's comedy involved. That's called gaggage. Just keep that in mind. Soft dough. Oh yes, the Native American woman who doesn't speak, who who brings the fawns in there, uh, into um, uh, the the uh, the valley, as it were. And there is that funny joke about um, 
I like it, where um, they stopped and had something to eat, and, and Richie's like, oh, you stopped and had eight on the trail. That's so wonderful. Yeah, we stopped at the Howard Johnson's. So I'd like to think probably, like, you know, even though this is like, well, no, Savage Water, they really were in the middle of nowhere. I was just say this is like like um, Byron Crisenberry's Scream, which actually was probably not shot, which was probably shot not far from here, uh, this episode. Um, there, there's a thing where it's like, um, you know, if we can if we can get some transportation, get on the road, in half hour, about an hour or so, we could be somewhere, you know, safe and not in the middle of this crazy ghost town with a murderer uh, on the loose. But... Um, and there might even be a Howard Johnson's. Uh, what do we got? Arms and shoulders. Oh, disgusting. I, I, I do like I do like um, uh, Rich and Joni now as Joni is getting older. Their conversations are becoming more... Um, they, f- they feel more um, less older brother talking to younger sister and more like siblings on the same level. So disgusting, like Joni's saying, oh, I love the hunks with their, their arms and shoulders. And Richie's like, arms and shoulders, is that all you think about? Well, what do you think about? And Richie's like, mm. I was hoping he was going to say, like, thighs and booty or something like that, but he doesn't really say anything. Um, but it, but it's, a, it's a funny scene. And watching them together in their, their scenes together in this episode, um, there really is a nice feeling like Joni is older and she has matured. And Richie and her are sort of kind of on the same-ish level now, um, rather than her being the wisecracking little kid and him being the more more grown-up brother and Chuck being... Chuck who? Chuck? Chuck Bobuck Banana Fana Foe. But it's fun to see... Um, them them together in these scenes because the um, I, I do like those scenes they're actually written as if time has passed and she's older and he's older and they're they're talking more like two young adults slash adults now rather than like two kids and so those scenes together whenever they talk I, I quite like those um, I put I put here pour the fawns because um thunder kind of ignores them. And let's see. Um, so we're going to go into the rodeo here. Yeah, there's just just the weird way the story is plotted, where it's an hour long episode. It's, it's about forty nine minutes or so, um, with uh, without commercials. And it's just the way it's plotted, where like they they arrive. Okay, let's let's get acclimated. Suddenly the guests are there. It's like all right. Oh, the guests. We're going okay with the guests. Suddenly we have to do a rodeo. You know, it's like it's weird. It's 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 weirdly plotted, almost like. Um, it, it's like I bet if I were to write down the scenes, we could go. We could really like there. There'd be no flow to them. It would really be like this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. There'd be no like natural sort of this scene goes into that scene and this scene goes. You know that kind of thing. It's like it's like we need a rodeo, and it's like boom. Okay, well I guess I guess we do need a rodeo. Why not? And it's 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 it comes out of nowhere and it takes up a big chunk of the episode and so it's important. But um, maybe again, as I've said before, maybe with commercials. I didn't write down when this occurs in the episode, but this is probably at least fifteen, sixteen, seventeen ish minutes or more. So this would have been nearing the halfway point, of the hour long episode, sort of. Um, so and, and that kind of sets it up. Um, when you when you watch it, I mean, 
with the commercials, you get commercials, and I don't know what the commercials, maybe a, a Miller Time and something shaving related, maybe a tire related thing, something deodorant, and then you're back to the show. And and so um, if you you can either if it's there's not a if there's not a specific cliffhanger out like the the last commercial break where where Joni is. Um, trying to fly up onto the horse when she's doing her trick riding. If there's not a specific cliffhanger, then when you return, it could be a day later, it could be a week later, it could be an hour later, it could be the same exact minute. So, I put here goofy plotting. We've hardly even been there yet, but um, eh, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it. Let's see. Side of beef is an actual side of beef. I don't understand how well it's cooking here. When he knows that they're arriving and the people are arriving, his okay. I'm gonna to get to it when we get to the bean kebab. Uh, old smiling Cunningham, that's what Richie calls himself. I applaud Richie and Mr. C for kind of diving right in. Um, Richie does his best. He puts on a sort of Western accent at times and he tries to speak Western. It doesn't always work, but um, he's doing his best. And, and certainly, uh, Thunder is. Um, I don't think that's a real name. A uh, Thunder is is likes him. Let's see what we got. Oh, Diablo the Bull comes up. We got a barn dance coming up, even though the barn dance is in not in a barn. Uh, let's see. Um, let's see, we meet Phil. That's right. Oh, uh, we meet. Yeah, uh, the Fonz is not interested in riding horses. We meet Phil. Phil is the hunk that um, Joni is spending some time hanging with. And uh, oh, I just I just had um. The episode paused here, my DVD player and it, or my Blu-ray player, and it just turned me off. Come on, bring bring it back, bring it back. What are you doing? Okay, well we're without me looking at images from the episode for the rest of it. Um, and there is a there is a um, lovely moment. Yeah, I, as I mentioned, where Thunder and uh, Richie look out on the lake, this little little pond actually um, stream. It's it's funny too because they're they're taking the the dudes on a trail ride, and the Fonz does his own sort of nature walk with ladies in bathing suits, and it's funny that it's like Richie decides to stop. This is very much like Rambo and that Rambo thing where um, you know there are thirty soldiers after Rambo and one of them stops under a tree. And Rambo just happens to be up that tree and leaps down and grabs him. Uh, this is very much like that because they're going along the trail ride, and the uh, Richie stops and Thunder stops with him. And she says, "What's up?" And and Richie kind of says, "Okay, folks, go up the trail. We'll be right there." He says, "I just want to stop and look at this this stream here. It's so beautiful." And she says, "Yes, it is." And then all of a sudden, Buchanan and all his guys appear and say, "They're all going to be in the rodeo. Ten bucks each. Now get out of here." And the Fonz is a great thing where he makes the horses all run away. But uh, it is one of those weird things where it's like. How did he know, Buchanan know, that Richie, who's never been on this trail ride before, as far as we can tell, has decided to stop and look at this pond here, this body of water, and um, he's got all his guys with... It's... it's um, Don't ask. Let it ride. Let it ride. Ladies! Oh, the fans probably did something lady-related. I don't know why I wrote ladies right there. Tex, Tex Weber. It's Potsy Weber's Tex Weber. Um, oh, and there's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't hear Potsy sing a song right there, but the barn dance. 
uh, we hear the tail end of a song, and then they go into a big like square dance type thing with Richie and Thunder and the Fonz and a, and a lovely lady who doesn't get a name, but she does get a couple lines, and they do a big dance, and the Fonz does do his sort of Russian thing that we saw him do in the Charlene Tilton episode from a couple seasons ago, and they do their dance. It's funny because you see the band, and Al is on a fiddle for it, I think they've kind of forgotten that Al was not a music man. He was a chef. So, uh, or I guess he was some sort of food guy. And so having him play there is like, well, what's going on? But but they do it. There's a, a square dance scene. It's 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 um, meant to show off everyone dancing, and they do, and it's fun. And it's, it's this, that, and the other. Let's see. Then the rodeo begins, and Mr. C is the... Um, uh, master's ceremony and Ralph hands him some jokes which all stink you know I haven't eaten for three days so I bit them and a couple other real stinkers that are that are funny uh, Mrs. C takes out a dancing horse a little um dressage I was gonna say decolletage but it'd be <laughs> sorry dressage speaking of decolletage there's a funny moment where Joni comes out riding um uh, doing her Annie Oakley impersonation, and Mr. C says something like, that was Joni Cunningham playing Annie Oakley. Wasn't she great? Button your shirt. Uh, which I thought was very nice. Um, <laughs> then we go into... And there's a weird moment where the Fonz drives his motorcycle or like around the rodeo thing. You know, you know the enclosed space <laughs> where they do the rodeo stuff. I don't know. What, what is it called? Rodeo, the rodeo square... It's a circle, the rodeo circle, and the Fonz drives his um, motorcycle around and and then waves at everyone, and they applaud him, and he has a look on his face like, I'm the Fonz. And I just thought, Fonz, I love you, but what did you do right there? In fact, what have you been doing in most of this episode? And then we do get the point here, yeah, where the Fonz gets mad and calls Richie Carrot for because Thunder prefers him, and Joni decides to do be a trick rider um, to... Um, press Phil, and Phil says something like, "Oh, kids, uh, uh, Phil." Richie says, uh, "I don't remember what Phil says." Richie says, "Like, oh, kids in the West." There's a point too where um, Thunder's out there, and Richie says something like, "That's a real human being." I thought, "What? <laughs> what just happened right there?" I don't know, um, but but the the rodeo sequence goes along quickly, and we get a lot of uh, quick cuts and shots and things. And there's a weird moment where um. Potsy and, and Ralph and fake beards take out a burrow and suddenly Buchanan all his people appear at the gate where the burrow came in and they're all standing there looking suspicious and looking unpleasant and they throw a firecracker in and it goes off and doesn't uh, uh, account for much but um, it's like you, you think like okay well who, who threw the um, firecracker at the burrow could it be the guy who wants to take over the place in like two days and all of his henchmen standing there? I don't know why no one goes and talks up. We all sort of act like nobody saw him. Well, I can see him. They're right there. Don't be foolish. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Joni. Um, Hank Plunkett. Um, oh, yes. And Joni. Um, sit on it, Rich. And uh, Joni does a little trick riding 
um, which is the sort of thing you see her do where you, you like you drop off as the horse is going super fast you drop off the horse and run alongside it for a moment then you leap up and go on the saddle and go on the other side of the horse and things like that and it's the sort of thing where Joni having never done that before there, never having done that before couldn't have done that and in fact like I mentioned earlier we, we get a cliffhanger moment where um, the we cut to the commercial break where it looks like she might be about to get hurt but then when we return in true sort of 30s 40s Saturday afternoon serial style she's back up on the horse and everything's fine and she she actually says that um she lost her balance and fell off the horse at the start and all her stunting around her trick riding was just her trying to get back on the horse i I guess that makes sense um she certainly impresses phil because her and phil end up in a horse cart and he gives her a flower at the end of the episode um and then we go into a big um yeah we're wrapping up now we're going to a big uh montage where um i don't know um listen for the rodeo is what i called the song but but anson williams sings the song and so we get the montage and then it would it dissolves to potsy see listen for the rodeo not a particularly good song a very maudlin <laughs> and the lyrics are a little rough and this is one of those like there's some 70s soft rock songs that just make you want to want to eat eat a bag of of razors and jump off a bridge i think this could be near that because it's just like oh do we need to have this here and thunder mccoy wins for the day um but they're still short on money and then the two things are going to wrap it up one bean kebab um, he's Al's been feeding them nothing but beans for the past three days, and he's had that side of beef cooking for a day or two. I don't mean to be rude. We once did a pig roast at my house in the uh, yeah, around eighty seven, eighty eight, and it takes all day. It takes all day, like uh, six, seven hours. I remember we tried it a second time, and one of my stepdad's cousins got drunk and threw like a bunch of booze on the on the charcoal, and it ruined the taste of the pig, and that started a rift in the family that, as far as I know, still exists. That's a funny story. That's another podcast. But the fact that he... the the side of beef after how many days is only a medium rare and he's still feeding these people beans what why is one why isn't there more food for him to feed them i mean uncle ben pick it up come on you invited these people here you you expected your guests to bring not only themselves and work for you constantly but you expected them to bring the food no you need to have the food here you just can't have beans that kind of annoys me because al is doing his best but apparently he hasn't provided anything but beans it's it's kind of inferred that he had to go get the side of beef himself that annoys me uncle ben and if we actually met you i could talk to you but we don't meet you and the episode ends with um yeah buchanan showing up again being a jerk throwing another firecracker and a horse-drawn uh, cart, a horse cart, um, suddenly takes off. The horse goes wild, but they don't realize Joni is taking a nap in it. And the closing few minutes are a mad chase through, you know, the 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 wilderness, which is very deserty, um, with uh, first first thunder chasing the horse cart, and then Richie and the Fonz chasing the horse cart as as Joni can't get to the 
um, reins because they're on the ground. She'd have to jump on, all, on where the horses are and reach down and get them. And so the horse car is out of control. Things don't look good. And the episode ends with Richie and the Fonz suddenly flying off the road into a ditch as the Fonz yells, Ayy! And that is a very thorough journey through Westward Ho. I will give you my less thorough journey, which was my thought when I watched it first, is that this is less of an hour-long episode of a sitcom and more of a 1970s variety show. Think your Sonny and Cher. Think Paul Lynn's Halloween special. Think the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Not not Carol Burnett's show. Carol Burnett's show is, is in a different class. Think um, your Osmond family. Think specifically like the Osmond family Christmas episodes. If you've uh, if you've ever seen one of their Christmas specials from the second half of the seventies, like to nineteen eighty, it's like they always go to somewhere or other. And like they're they're in this beautiful location with all this snow, and they have a crowd, and they're singing and everything like that. And then they cut to these like cheap looking, shot on video. You know, um, it's all it's all shot on video, but sh- these shot on video sets where like they're all goofing around and singing their Christmas songs, and it's clearly not wherever the other stuff was from. Um, and you know, and you get that with like the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, you know, where you go from their weird swimming pool main set to their home set to these other places where things are happening and Paul Lynn the Halloween special go over the place and you're like all the that this this episode reminds me of because I know several characters from Happy Days and stuff appeared on variety shows at this time period I know they also appear on Battle of the Network Stars but this to me is if Happy Days did a variety special variety show this would be it everyone shows them at the beginning they do their shtick we invite along people who you wouldn't think should be there but they show up and you have the Fonz appear briefly but then you hold off on the Fonz for a bit you hold off on the Fonz and he's not there and he's not there and then he shows up not too deep into it but just so long we're like a lot of people are like we love the Fonz where's the Fonz and then he shows up and everyone's doing their shtick and everyone's doing their jokes and and um you know they they have um they have the musical square dance number where you know um uh where Ron Howard and Henry Winkler get to show off their dancing skills then they have the the um the the, the stuff on the uh, with the horses where where like Erin Moran gets to show off her horse riding skills although it's not really her on some of the stunts and everyone gets to do a bit of their shtick and and we get um uh, the you know Potsy gets Ansel Williams gets to sing and and everyone just kind of does that and and the thing to me that really sells it is the fact that it's Uncle Ben said we have to go down there but we never meet Uncle Ben for some reason that really sells me on the fact that this feels like a variety show like they've arrived and it's like well no one else is going to help us but Thunder we got to save this dude ranch and we're going to save themselves and and there's no sign that they've ever had any sort of ranch training or anything like that or or know how to i mean they say that some of them know how to ride horses and such but but there's no sign that they know how to do any of this but it's immediately sort of assumed that it's the happy days gang of course they know how to do it and to to me this is 
from from the 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 fact that everyone gets to do a little bit of their shtick and i mean even like the way um uh like when thunder throws ralph into the pool that's very much like what was it like peter would fall into that big pool like almost every episode of the Brady bunch variety hour you know it was like it was like to me this is like 100 percent happy days variety hour now i'm hoping I don't know for certain, but I'm hoping that the next episode, Westwood Ho, Westward, sorry, Westward Ho Part 3, or, or Part 2 when you were originally watching, will be more more like a sitcom with uh, on vacation rather than a variety hour, but that's really what this feels like to me. It's like, we went to another location, and I mean, you're saying like, well, Dan, they went to Hollywood in the first one. The show's made from Hollywood. They went down the road to the beach. They they used the studio that they were in. You know, if if, if, if I, I understand, like, I, I suspended disbelief when it was on, but to me, this is very specific, like, we're going for the summer, we're going down to I mean, and, and even the fact that why would Mr. C use vacation time to go to this place? It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. He would go somewhere where he could relax and have a good time, and and all of that is forgotten because it's about helping Uncle Ben, who we never see on his ranch, which they shouldn't be able to run, but which they do. And everyone gets shtick to do. There's a dance number. There's singing. There's romancing. There's good jokes. There's bad jokes. I'm surprised Walter. If 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 I I, I would like to say, but I don't understand that Walter Kempley is a pseudonym for Bruce Valanche. But I don't know that for certain. So I would just stop talking now. But that's my thing about this episode. Is it's either a fun-ish, but not great episode. Or it's the Happy Days Variety Hour. And I like, I kind of like that thought that it might be the Happy Days Variety Hour. I mean, by, by this point in 78, the, the Variety Hour was really dying off. And um, maybe them all try. I, I love the fact that maybe somewhere in another universe there is a, a version of this that's all on video. And that's all has much bigger, much bigger uh, laughs, and it's much more sort of awkwardly shot because it was on video, um, and maybe has another musical number. I don't know, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right now because I think that's all I have to say about this episode. It's a lot more than I originally thought I had to say about this episode. So let me stop here and just uh, wish you well and say come back next time for Rock and Roll Week with you, season six, episode two, where we will be talking. Westward Ho, Part 3, and Fonzie's Blindness. Check it out.